following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Here the Bible says, where <coughs> excuse me, where he greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, <coughs> that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though ye, and though now ye see him not. Yet, to believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, and continuing with the trials of your faith. Let's pray. Again, Father, we ask your blessing on the preaching of thy word. Father, help us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The trial of your faith. We have talked about, if you will, that the trial is, uh, the word trial is an examination by a test, an act of examining by experience. The trial of your faith is the putting of your faith in God and the Lord Jesus Christ to test to the test and showing what its real nature is. Now, we have talked about the heaviness of heart that comes because of the manifold temptations or trials we may be facing. And verse 6 says, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. And sometimes we all have to deal with the heaviness of the trials and temptations that we're dealing with. Having the word heaviness means sadness, sorrow, dejection of mind, depression of spirits. And then we talked about the value of our faith is to be found and increased by fiery trials. Verse 7, of the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We also have talked about the praise, honor, and glory of our faith will be revealed at the appearing of of our Lord Jesus Christ, the appearing meaning his second coming. Last time we talked about the love we can have for one another, or excuse me, the love we can have for one we have not seen, uh, but with the eyes of faith. In verse 8, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though uh, now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and uh, full of glory. And then tonight we have the joy, and verse 8 again, the joy we can have because of our faith, in one that we have not seen. Again, uh, verse 8 says, Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and uh, full of glory. Now this phrase, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, has been, there's been some who've commented on this. That they say here that ye do rejoice, not merely that ye ought to rejoice. It may be said of Christians uh, that they do in fact rejoice and they are happy. The people of the world often suppose that religion makes its professors sad and melancholy, uh, that there are those who have not great uh, comfort in their religion, no one indeed can doubt, but this arises from several causes entirely independent of religion. That there are thousands of new converts who can say that their happiness when they first had evidence that their sins were forgiven, that the burden of guilt was rolled away, and that they were children of God was a joy unspeakable. And so there have been thousands of mature Christians who can adopt the same language 
and who have found no words to express the peace and joy which they have found in the love of Christ and the hope of heaven. The saints on earth uh, partake of the same kind of joy and glory which they will have in heaven for the happiness and glory of heaven will be but an expansion and a prolongation and a purifying of that which they have here. Now, you know, sometimes we think sometimes about and you know, that our joy will be so much better. In some ways it will, and yet we can have the joy of the Lord, a joy unspeakable and full of glory now. now sometimes we let things get at us and get to us, even like some kinds of comments, and uh, take, it cause us to lose our joy. But look with me, if you will, to First Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2, sometimes the Lord may allow an enemy to torment us and to try us and test us. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1, and at times we do find ourselves in heaviness. I think of uh, a young lady, a young mother, a woman who wanted to be a mother, Hannah, and uh, she was very depressed and discouraged because of her enemy, Peninnah. Don't you just love these names? Peninnah, who was unfortunately her husband's other wife and listen even the story of hannah and what she went through is a good reason not to indulge in uh, 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 if you will having more than one wife amen because you can't get two women in the in the same home to agree on anything and to do anything but sometimes fuss and fight but hannah in first samuel 2 and 1 prayed and said after after the Lord had given her her son Samuel. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. The Lord had answered her prayer and she rejoiced. So you know what? No longer could Peninnah be the one, that thorn in the flesh, uh, the messenger, if you will, of Satan to buffet her. And uh, so she was able to go on and rejoice and lord if you look me to psalm 5 and verse 11 psalm 5 and verse 11 and sometimes we have those that torment us and make themselves our enemies and they are the trial often of our faith and it's it's sad that we have to deal with it you know sometimes the christians face those kinds of enemies on their jobs in the form of maybe a supervisor or someone who's nothing but uh, trouble causes trouble treats them poorly and they're not guilty of doing anything wrong. But rather this particular person maybe just doesn't like them or whatever. And the Lord may allow it. And yet, folks, you know, <clears throat> our joy shouldn't be. It shouldn't be controlled by those kinds of things. And yet often we allow it to in Psalm 511. But let all of those that put their trust in thee uh, rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. And what a blessing sometimes when we, we try to take patiently the abuse of someone on a job situation and we try not to take, if you will, vengeance in our own hands and then to see the Lord come in and do something and deal with the situation and the person for us. You know, I, I've been amazed over the years at times when the Lord has done that. I remember years ago when... I worked for Minkota Power and I had a boss that just, he was constantly on me about religion anyway. And he called me in his office one day and got on to me about being gone. I, he said, you're, you're, you're sick a lot. You're taking a lot of sick leave. And I said, well, I was working full time, going to school. 
And there were times I'd just get worn out and I'd get sick because of it. <clears throat> and I told him, I said, I'm not trying to. I said, but it is a benefit that I have. And I said, sometimes I'm sick because of all that I'm doing. And he made this boast about how, well, I've never been sick and I've done this. I mean, he just, and he jumped all over me. And I was upset. <laughs> I went and I found a place. I got alone with the Lord right after that. And I said, Lord, please do something about this. I said, you and me know what's going on. But I said, I can't deal with it. I said, I can't fight this guy. And it's funny because that was like on a Friday. And I went to work the next Monday. And my boss wasn't there. And then Tuesday came along and my boss wasn't there. Wednesday came along and my boss wasn't there. Finally, on Thursday, he came to work. And he, he would come in and visit with us. In, the break, in, the, in this little, in this kind of, the, we call it, a, it was like a janitor closet. It was a big closet. And all five of us would meet in there and he'd have a little meeting with us. And I remember he came in <clears throat> that Thursday afternoon because I worked the evening shift. And he came right in and I, he had this funny look on his face and we were all quieted down and he was beginning to talk and he looked right at me and he said, you know what, Dan? He said, I have never been so sick in all of my life. He said, for the last three days or more, he said, I've been so sick. And he said, and you know who I thought of the entire time? And I didn't say a word. <laughs> I wanted to say, I didn't say a word. He said, I thought of you the whole time I was sick and what I said to you. Now, you know, God didn't just do that for me. God does that for his people in, in so many different ways and I've been, I've been amazed sometimes at what God can do. Sometimes we'll just shut our own mouths and let the Lord do it. Now, have I always operated in that manner? No. There are times I've opened my mouth and I've just jumped in with both feet. And you know what? I found more trouble than I could shake a stick at because of my own big mouth. You know, it's best if we can to let the Lord deal with the problems, those that are a trial in our own hearts and lives and sometimes the Lord allows it to teach us some things and you know I <clears throat> I tried after I'd prayed to go on and have a good day anyway and you know what what a what a blessing I came home and told my wife about it and we were <laughs> I wanted so bad to say something like I told you so but I didn't kept my mouth shut for a change look at Psalm 40 Psalm 40 you know we all deal with enemies we all deal with those that would make, yes, make themselves our enemies. Amen. Psalm 40. Let's look at verse 13. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for a reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha, aha. Let all, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord uh, be magnified, <clears throat> but I am poor and needy. Yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. You know, we can rejoice in the fact that God is there for us. He is going to deal <clears throat> with those that sometimes make themselves our enemies. And we all have dealt with this. I, there's not a person, a Christian in this room, who hasn't had to deal with that kind of thing. And uh, so we, don't, we can know and understand. You know what? Hopefully we can learn to rejoice in the future when we find ourselves in similar difficulties because of what the Lord has shown and done for us 
in the past. If you will, <clears throat> look with me to Habakkuk, Habakkuk <clears throat> chapter 3, and look at verse 14. You know, I think I'm pronouncing Habakkuk. I think that's correct. Or we could call it Habakkuk, which is wrong. <laughs> Aren't you glad we don't read those kinds of names all the time? Habakkuk chapter 3, looking at verse 14. And really this is part of Habakkuk's prayer as a prophet. These were men of prayer. And uh, look at verse 14. And thou didst strike through uh, with his staves the head of villages. They came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst walk through the sea uh, with and horses <clears throat> through the heap of, of uh, great waters. When I heard my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble when he cometh up on, unto the people. He will invade them uh, with his troops. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield, yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds' feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Amen. So <clears throat> here Habakkuk is in prayer, and he's talking about, he's not just considering his own days, but future days. You know, folks, we may yet and probably will have days to come which are going to be difficult days and <clears throat> the closer we get to the coming of the lord in some ways the more difficult those days will be the, the persecutions the trials the testings the difficulties will come and yet uh, the lord would have us uh, if you will to be able to learn to rejoice no matter what the circumstances Acts 16 acts chapter 16 <clears throat> i'm reminded when i think and uh, am tempted to complain too much about some of what the Apostle Paul has gone through, did go through. In Acts 16, let's begin in verse 16. It came to pass as, he went to, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met uh, us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the uh, servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour, and I put up with it for a while. And finally he said, you know, I've got to do something. And uh, had been praying, I'm sure, about the issue, and God helped him to cast out the demon. And when her masters, verse 19, saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach custom. You know what, folks? We know what the real heart was. They didn't really care at all about religion. It was all about the fact that uh, they weren't making money off this woman anymore. We know that and understand it because we have the revelation of God on it. <clears throat> and teach customs which are not lawful for us to, be re to receive, neither to observe being Romans, and the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. 
And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them in the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Now, you know what? This is not pleasant. They've been taken and they've been unjustly beaten. And I'm sure they took pleasure in beating these guys and then took them and put them in the inner prison in the darkest, worst spot in the prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. They weren't going anywhere. They're in terrible pain. And then we read verse 25. And at midnight, this is sometime after all of this has happened, and I'm sure that the pain is starting to wear on them. Because sometimes after, you know, sometimes when you're going through a beating, I've heard and heard it said that shock happens and people don't feel as much pain as they will feel after the fact. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, and thankfully I haven't been beaten lately, except there are times when my wife threatens me, amen. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Now, could they have been singing joy unspeakable and full of glory? I don't know. Uh, Many of the songs that they used to sing in those days were the Psalms. They would sing the Psalms. But here they are. They're They're not letting the trial and the difficulty that they're facing get at them and cause them to lose their joy. They weren't letting the circumstances be the the thing that dictated whether they were rejoicing in the Lord or not. Many of the saints of old counted it it a glory to suffer shame for the Lord's namesake. And most of us, including myself, would struggle under those kinds of circumstances. And suddenly there there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed and the keeper of the prison awaking out of sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out a sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. The, The law of the Romans was you lose your prisoners, you forfeit your life. And he's assuming the doors are all open. I guess they've all taken off. Which should have happened. <clears throat> Didn't happen. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. I mean, you know what, folks? Was it worth it to go through these trials and difficulties? Obviously it was. Though I can't imagine what it would have been like to have gone through what they're going through. And here they are, they're rejoicing and singing praises to God in the midst of some of the most terrible circumstances. And, you know, God had allowed them to cast a a demon out of a woman. Uh, They had already had, uh, um, if you will, Lydia saved by the grace of God and her family. They were the charter members of what would become the church at Philippi. And now, in the midst of all of what they're going through... Uh, the Lord has allowed them to go through these things. It would seem even the unjust treatment maybe to show, if you will, that their joy was intact in spite of what they were going through. And it's amazing because it did have an effect on those that were listening, those that heard them. They, they, it did have an impact. This guy, when he realized they were all there, he, he sprang in and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
And they tell him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord unto all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straight way. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. I mean, what an amazing thing that in the midst of all of this difficulty, this great trial of affliction for the faith of Christ, these men went through it rejoicing. And because their heart, if you will, rejoiced in what God was doing, they, they, they had joy, the joy of the Lord <clears throat> in their service uh, of a God that they'd never seen. Now, Paul had seen him, if you will, but Silas hadn't. You know, they, they were worshiping and serving God. Many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Christian people have suffered much for the cause of Christ. And you know what? I remember reading accounts of people that during the Dark Ages that were put to the sword and heinous deaths they faced. And the amazing conversions of those that even persecuted them and inflicted the pain upon them. I remember reading about a few preachers that were singing and praising God in the midst of the flames. And uh, some would come and throw themselves down before the, the flames and cry out and confess and trust Christ. And then they themselves would throw themselves on the flames. Wow. Was that some kind of a radical thing? No, folks, God was at work in the midst of the entire thing. And sometimes, you know, we, we would look for the easy path. I mean, I, I'm one of them. You know, let me go the easy road. I don't want it. You know, I don't want it tough. Most of us don't want it tough. But sometimes when the tough comes, uh, it comes for a reason. Sometimes it's a trial of our faith. Sometimes it's a test to see whether we're going to be able to have the joy of the Lord or not. And sometimes when that test comes, and sometimes we fail it, because we do, we learn from it, and then maybe when we go through it the next time, maybe we're not as quick to set aside our joy, but rather, rather maybe to look and say, okay, God is in this somehow. I don't know how it's all going to happen. I don't know, understand all of what's going on, but the Lord knows. And Lord willing, I, you know, we will be able to rejoice in the Lord anyway, if you will, in Romans 15 and verse 13, Romans 15 and 13. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, folks, we need the help of God to be able to learn to rejoice in the Lord in the midst of trial and difficulty. But folks, sometimes the trial and difficulty comes because we need to learn. And we won't learn any other way sometimes. And thanks be to God that God is there with us, for us, and you know, helps produce in us a joy that we cannot have without Him any more than we can have any other of the fruits of the Spirit, if you will, in Galatians 5. As we talked about this morning, Galatians 5 and 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, <clears throat> peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such 
There is no law. It's the fruit of the Spirit of God working in us. And sometimes in the midst of trials, the trial of our faith, our faith in a God we've never seen, and yet the God that manifests himself time and time again on our behalf. And you know what? If you've been saved any length of time, you know what I'm talking about. It's not just for the preachers. It's for every Christian. God's not a respecter of persons. He loves his children. He's at work in every one of our hearts. And he knows what it is that we need to go through in order to produce the fruits of the Spirit, one of which is joy and rejoicing. You know, otherwise, sometimes we might be like that dill pickle Christian always running around with a sourpuss face, amen? Never able to rejoice in the Lord. In Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 1, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I uh, beseech Iodius and Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and uh, <clears throat> with other of my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be made known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. I remember years ago, Brother Silcox said moderation was sweet reasonableness. I remember hearing that definition and thinking, wow, sweet reasonableness in times when it's going to be hard to be sweet and reasonable. The Lord is at hand. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through uh, Christ Jesus. You know, rejoicing in the Lord, uh, folks, sometimes we don't feel like doing it. And sometimes it comes hard to us because of what we're going through. And the only place we're going to be able to find the help to be able to rejoice and have the joy of the Lord is at the feet of the Lord in prayer and seeking God. You know, sometimes trials and difficulties that God allows to come into our life is sometimes for the express purpose of teaching us that joy is not determined. Our joy as Christians is not determined by the circumstances. Amen. They're not to be determined by the circumstances. You know, if we walk by faith and not by sight, I'm guilty of the same thing. Sometimes, folks, we look at the circumstances, we look at the difficulty, and that's what we focus on instead of the God that can overcome the difficulty. And we do that. And we need to learn to focus, to keep our eyes on the Lord no matter what. And sometimes it's difficult. But, you know, it is possible. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.